What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. I'm here to help and guide you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, distribute your podcast. Of course, add music intros, outros, uploading episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorship. Isn't that great? It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. Like I always say, if you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster host, like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get a head start. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Hey, good evening, everyone in the USA, including Canada, all over the world, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka the Greginator, aka YouTuber, aka host with the most, and aka rookie podcaster of Queens, New York. And you are now listening and tuning into the meticulous vibe juice podcast episode 19 19 episodes in the books right now so listen in case you guys missed any previous episodes of the show um, don't worry about that. I got your back. All you need to do is go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Meticulous Vodjuice Podcast YouTube page. Be sure to enable alerts. Also, be able to um, tap the notification bell so you can be reminded when the show goes on the air um, via live stream. And, of course, be sure to leave a like comment on the episodes along with the topics and on top of that be sure to um be sure to basically share the videos along with telling a friend to another friend and share the podcast along with audio streaming platforms which I will go over um at the end of the show so there you go. Um, okay. So in today's episode, um, titled Farmers Boulevard with the Queens, New York goat, which is basically about Ella Cool J. And we're going to go over his disc- discography, the movies he did, and of course, the TV shows. So... We're going to start with his discography in a segment we like to call Music Kool-Aid. And basically what that is, Music Kool-Aid is basically about um, the bodies of work of, you know, singers, rappers that we go over and stuff. So, you know, you get the gist of it, though, man. Let's add a little sound effect to this shit, though. And the the main album where I heard bad and um and 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 I need love is from the album Bigger and Defer. Now, um so Bigger and Defer, which is abbreviated as bad, is is the uh is the um of course, the second album by American rapper Ella Cool J released on May 29, 1987 by Def Jam Recordings and Columbia Records. It features the hit single I'm Bad and the first commercial, commercially successful rap ballad, I Need Love. Um, Of course. And... It also contains the single Go Cut Creator Go, which paid homage to his DJ. Other tracks like 
um, Kande, the doo-wop, my rhyme ain't done, the breakthrough, and the Bristol Hotel. We're also popular with fans and helped make the album a hip-hop classic with over 2 million copies sold in the United States alone. It stands as one of LL Cool J's biggest career albums. Bigger and Deferred dominated the summer of 1987, spending 11 weeks at number one on the Billboard Top R&B slash hip-hop albums chart while also reaching number three on the Billboard 200 pop albums chart. Now, for the new listeners and and watchers in the YouTube community universe, for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, we are now streaming on StreamYard and YouTube alongside with the other app, which is 17 Live. So... You know what I mean? And for those for those people that's actually following me on 17 Live, be sure to follow, be sure to leave a comment, send your snacks, um, gifts, whatever you could, whatever you could do. Um, I'm actually been doing this for, for a while. So I'm actually trying to get the hang of it. Um, so so basically. Basically, um, like I said before, I will do an episode in regards to the rebranding of the app. So I'm not really, I'm not gonna really talk about it here because this is a review show that I'm doing. So, um, just to let the new listeners and and watchers on the YouTube community universe welcome every single one of you. All right. Um. Okay. Now that I got that, get that out the way. Um. Let's continue with with the info right here. Um. Okay. So singles. Um. I'm bad. Released June thirteenth, nineteen eighty seven. I need love was released July twenty second, nineteen eighty seven. Go cut. Create a Go, October 15th, 1987. Professional ratings. Um, you got the source in the rating, review sources. Um, there's all music with four and a half stars. Los Angeles Times, three and a half stars. Um, Q, three stars. Rap reviews, 7.5 out of 10. The Rolling Stone album guide, uh, three out of, no, excuse me. Three and a half stars. And Spin Alternate Record Guide, 7 out of 10. The Village Voice, C+. Plus. Hmm. In, in, in 1988, the album was selected as one of the source's 100 best rap albums. The cover photo was taken in front of Andrew Jackson High School in Queens, um, which Ella Kuji attended before dropping out in the in the 10th or 11th grade. And the back cover was shot in his grandmother's basement. His residence at the time, both images were shot by Glenn E. Friedman. And as you can hear, the car's passing by. So don't worry about that. As long as you guys can hear my voice, that's what really matters here on this channel right here. So we go over the track listing. 
I'm bad. Um, we got candy. We got get down. We got Bristol Hotel. My rhyme ain't done. Three dot three fifty seven. Break it, break it on down. Go cut creator. Go the breakthrough. I need love. Ah, uh, let's get three. Um, the doo-wop on the on the three tip skit. Oh boy. All right, so we go to the charts right here. Um, Dutch albums chart peak position twenty eight. German albums chart thirty five. New Zealand albums chart twenty three. UK albums chart fifty four. U.S. Billboard two hundred three. U.S. Billboard top R&B slash hip hop albums one. Um, of course. I'm bad release. I'm bad. Um, B side down. Billboard Hot 100 number 84. Hot Black Singles number four. Hot Dance Music Maxi Singles Sales number 23. Hot Dance Music slash Club Play number 34. I Need Love. Um, B side rhyme. My rhyming done. Billboard Hot 100, number 14. Hot Black Singles, number one. And we're going to go to the certifications right here. So, uh, Canada, Music Canada, certification, gold, 50,000 certified units in sales. United States, RIAA, double platinum, um, Two million certified unit sales. Okay. Okay, we're gonna go to our next um discography CD. Uh we're gonna go to um we're gonna go to Mama said knock you out. Cause I'm not too familiar with the other albums he did, but um this one kind of hit, hit home. So, Mama Said Knock You Out is the fourth studio album by Ella Cool J rapper Ella Cool J. It was produced mostly by Molly Ma and rec- recorded at his house of hits home studio in Chestnut Ridge and at Chung King House of Metal in New York City. After the disappointing reception of Ella Cool J's 1989 album, Walking with a Panther, Mama Said Knock You Out, was released by Def Jam Recordings on September 14, 1990. To commercial and critical success. Okay. To the Break of Dawn was released June 17, 1990. The Booming System released August 2, 1990. Around the Way Girl, which is one of my favorite classic songs. November 20th, 1990, Mama Said Knock You Out, February 26th, 1991. Six Minutes of Pleasure, May 30th, 1991. Now, wait a minute here. I think this was featured, this song was featured in some movie. I forget which one though, man, but I'm not even going to get into all that. Um, so let's get into, 
the release and reception. So, of course, you got review sources. Um, we have All Music with five stars, Chicago Tribune, um, four and a half stars, Encyclopedia of Popular Music, four stars, Entertainment Weekly, B, Music Hound, R&B, five out of five. Rolling Stone, four and a half stars. The Rolling Stone Album Guide, four stars. Select, four and a half. Actually, let me rephrase that. Four out of five. Spent Alternative Record Guide, nine out of ten. The Village Voice, A. Mama Said Knock You Out was released on September 14th, 1990 by Def Jam Recordings. It was promoted with five singles, four of which became hits. The Booming System, Around the Way Girl, the title track, and Six Minutes of Pleasure. The album was certified double platinum in the United States, having shipped two million copies. According to Yahoo Music's um, Frank Mayer, Mama Said Knock You Out, seemed to set the world on fire in 1990, helped by its hit title track and Ella Kuj's sweaty performance on MTV Unplugged. The title song reached number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 and was certified gold by the RIAA. Ella Kuji won Best Rap Solo Performance at the Grammys Award of 1991. In the, in the New York Times, John Perales wrote that Mama Said Knock You Out reestablished Ella Kuji as the most articulate of the homeboys, end quote, sounding tougher and funnier rapping about crass materialism and simple pleasures in mark cooper's review for q he wrote in quote this 22 year old veteran has lost neither his eye for every day detail nor his sheer relish for words select magazines richard cook said LL stack of samples add the icing to a cake that is all dark, remorseless rhythm, a low five drum beat shadowed by a crude bass rumble. It could be Jamaican dub they are making here. If it weren't for LL, LL slippers lip, Mama said, "Knock you out" was voted the ninth best record of 1990 in the past and job an annual poll of american critics published by the village voice poll creator robert um chris gal later named it among his 10 best albums from the 1990s hmm interesting okay the album was included in hip-hop connections Fat 40, a rundown of rap's greatest albums. The LP's title track proved to be the single of the year and probably Ello's best record since I'm Bad. While Eat 'em Up, L Chill, and To the Break of Dawn was sick. The sound of 
Cool J getting his own back and in style. In 1998, it was listed in the sources 100 best rap albums. In 2005, comedian Chris Rock listed it as the sixth greatest hip-hop album ever in a guest article for Rolling Stone. In 2020, Rolling Stone ranked the album at number 246 on their updated list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. The hip-hop duo Run the Jewels took their name from a lyric on the album's six-track Cheesy rap blues. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Cheesy rap blues. Wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, so we're gonna go over the track listings for this album. Okay, um, the boom, the booming system, Marley Mall, um, producer, and LL Cool J, around the ring girl, Marley Mall, the same people. I don't even have to go down the producer's name. I don't need to do that. It's all there. Um, so we got um, eat 'em up, L Chill, um, of course, around the ring girl, Mr. Good Bar, um, Murder Graham. Cheesy Rat Blues, Farmers Boulevard, um, and of course, uh, Mama Said Knock You Out, uh, Milky Cereal, <laughs> Bobby Bobcat Irving. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's funny, man. <laughs> oh, man. To the break of dawn. Um, six minutes of pleasure, illegal search, the power of God. Um, of course, I'm not even gonna go over the person now. Let's go over the charts. Um, of course, UK, UK albums, OWC. No, hold on, Australian albums, peak position 67, UK albums. O double C 49 US Billboard 216 US Top RB slash hip hop albums Billboard 2 US Top RB slash hip hop albums Billboard Position number 91 Chart 1991 US Billboard 213 U.S. Top R&B slash Hip Hop Albums, Billboard 5. Uh, certifications, Canada, Music Canada, Gold, 50,000 certified units in sales. United States, RIAA, Double Platinum, 2 million certified units in sales. Okay, we're going to go to, let me see. We are going to go to, um, I don't know about that one, but wait, um, hold on, let me see, there's any particular song, oh, okay, 
14 Shots to the Dome is the fifth studio album by American hip-hop recording artist Ella Cool J. It was released on March 30th, 1993 via Def Jam Recordings. Recording sessions took place at Marley's House of Hits at Cove City Sound Studios and at Unique Recording Studios in New York and at QD um, Sound Lab in Los Angeles at Bobcat's House in Palmdale and at Encore Studio in Burbank Productions. Production was handled by Molly Maul, DJ Bobcat, <laughs> Quincy Jones III, Andrew Zenable, and Chris Forte. It features guest appearances from Lords of the Underground and Lieutenant Stitch. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So we got singles from the album, which is How I'm Coming. And then you got um one of the videos that I'm familiar with is is pink cookies in a plastic bag getting crushed by buildings backseat of my Jeep. Wow. And then there's Stand By Your Man. Of course, all right. February 15th. How I'm coming. Pink cookies in the plastic bag, brushed by buildings, back seat on my Jeep. June 1st, 1993. Stand by your man. October 4th, 1993. And here we go with the professional ratings. We are going to okay, all music, three stars, entertainment weekly, A, rap reviews, 5.5 out of 10. Robert Criscow, B. Rolling Stone, two stars. The Rolling Stone album guide, three and a half stars. Uh, the the album peaked at number five on the Billboard 200 and top the top R&B slash hip hop albums chart. On June 2nd, 1993, it was certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. It spawned three charter singles, How I'm Coming, Pink Cookies in the Plastic Bag and Crushed by Buildings, uh, Backseat of My Jeep, and Stand By Your Man. It is his first albums following his hugely successful previous album, 1990, Mama Said Nike Out. Unlike that release, which saw him have success on his own terms. 14 Shots sees LL adopting the sound of his West Coast gangster rap contemporaries, especially that of Ice Cube and Cypress Hill. Many fans saw this as a jarring departure, and the album met mixed critical and commercial response. The album's second single, Backseat, would later be sampled by R&B artist Monica for a debut single, Don't Take It Personal, which became a major hit two years later. Okay, we're going to go over the um, track listings here. Okay. Um... How I'm coming. 
Buck him down. Stand by your man. A little something. Pink cookies in the plastic bag. Getting crushed by buildings. Straight from Queens. Featuring Lieutenant Stitchy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Fuck a delicate relic. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Um... All we got left is the beat. Um, no front and loud featuring Lords of the Underground, backseat of my Jeep, Soul Survivor, ain't no stopping this, Diggy Town, Crossroads. Okay. Charts. Wait, hold on. Yeah, charts. Okay. German albums, 74, peak position. New Zealand albums, 36. UK albums, 74. US Billboard 200, 5. US Top R&B slash Hip Hop Albums Billboard, 1. And the United States of the RIAA, it went gold, 500,000 certified units in sales. Okay, we are going to go to another album. Okay, we're going to go to another album, folks. So just bear with me here. Um, Let's see. We are going to go here. All right, hold up. So, all right. Mr. Smith is the sixth studio album by American Hip Hop Recording Artists. Of course, it was released it was released um, November 21st, 1995 by Def Jam. The album has been certified double platinum in the U.S. by the RIAA. Okay. So, singles from Mr. Smith. Hey Lover, released October 31st, 1995. Doing it February 20th, 1996. Lounging June 25th, 1996. Um, so overview, Mr. Smith was produced by Rashad Smith. Um, Shy Skills, um, Chad Elliott, Track Masters, and Easy Mo D, no, Mo B, rather. Artists such as The Emotions, Terry and Monica, Boys to Men, Fat Joe, Keith Murray, Prodigy of Mom Deep. And Foxy Brown also made guest appearances on the album. So, uh, we're going to go to the professional ratings, review scores. Uh, Source is All Music, three stars. Robert Criscow gave it a scissor. Oh, shit. Um, Entertainment Weekly, BQ. Three stars, Rolling Stone, three stars. Now I don't understand the I don't understand the scissor part, but I'm not even gonna get into that. So just bear with me on that one. Um Mr. Smith garnered positive reviews from music critics who found it a return to form after the West Coast influenced 14 shots to the dome flopped. All music Stephen Thomas um Earl Lee Wing. 
praised the album for working more towards LL's romantic side that while toned down remains sex sexually invigorating, concluding that Mr. Smith isn't a perfect record. There are too many slack moments for it to qualify as one of his best, but it proves that LL Cool J remained vital a decade after his debut. Robert Criscow cited doing it as a choice cut. Oh, so that's what this so that's what the scissor is about. Okay. Got it. Um indicating a good song on the al- in an album that isn't worth your time or money. Mike Flaherty of Entertainment Weekly praised the album for balancing the various personas LL adopts throughout the tracks, concluding that, in quote, while his cutting-edge days are well behind him, this is far from the self-parodying effort we had every reason to expect. Shield H. Coker. <laughs> I don't know why you call him Coker, but don't ask me how... That person got that last name, man, of the Rolling Stones. Also praised the album for delivering both hardcore rap songs and love ballads that contain great production and lyrical dexterity. But Coker <laughs> noted that the tracks like No Airplay and Get the Drop on Them showcase LL better as a tough lyric spitter, concluding with, in quote, Maybe one day Ella will realize that it's his electrifying flow, not his Casanova aspirations that have made him a rap superstar for 10 years running. All right, so we're going to go over the, uh, we're going to go over the track listings right here. So the intro, Make It Hot, Hip Hop, Hey Lover, featuring Boys to Men, doing it featuring LaShawn. Don't know who she is. Um, Life As, um, previously featured on the Street Fighter soundtrack. I Shot You, featuring Keith Murray, Mr. Smith. Uh, no Airplay, Lounging, featuring Terry and Monica. And of course, there. There is a remix to Lounging, which features Toto, who they actually broke up, though. So I'm not even going to get into that one right there. Um, So, um, Hollis to Hollywood. God bless. Get the drop on them. Prelude skit. I shot you featuring Keith Murray, Prodigy, Fat Joe, and Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. Okay, Papa Love It, previously featured on the show soundtrack. Never even seen the movie. But I never even seen the movie, so I digress on that one. But um anyway. Also track notes. No airplay was edited on the on both the edited and explicit versions of the album. The explicit version only back mass on the song while the edited version even edits the intro hollis to hollywood is sampled from his verse 
of Craig Mack's flavoring ear remix on the chorus. Singles, um, 1985, um, of course, I shot you. Um, appeared on the hot R&B slash hip hop singles and tracks number 55 hey lover um billboard hot 100 number 3 and the same goes for hot R&B slash hip hop singles and tracks number 3 and hot rap singles number 1 doing it Billboard Hot 100, number nine, Hot R&B slash Hip Hop Singles and Tracks, number seven, Hot Rap Singles, uh, uh, number two, Lounging, Billboard Hot 100, number three, Hot R&B slash Hip Hop Singles and Tracks, uh, number four, Hot Rap Singles, number one. Okay. Uh, okay, we're gonna go to the charts here. All right, Australian albums for 1985 to 1996, which is um, peak position number 90, uh, not number 97, but 97. Dutch album 33, German album 75, Swedish albums 90, US Billboard 200, 20, US top RB slash hip hop albums, Billboard 4. Year and charts, um, US Billboard 200. Position is 28, US top RB and hip hop albums, uh, Billboard 11. And of course, Canada, Music Canada um, certification gold, 50,000 certified units in sales, United Kingdom, silver certification, silver. Certified units in sales, 60,000. United States, double platinum, 2 million certified units slash sales. Okay. Um, We're going to go to... We're going to go to another one. Actually, I'm going to go over... um. Yeah, I don't know about that one right there. So, hold on. Let's see. So, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. So, another album it, by Ella Cool J is Phenomenon. And basically, um, it's the seventh studio, studio album after the success of his previous release, Mr. Smith, the same Basic principles are followed here with several RB influenced tracks and a couple of more hardcore rap tracks. The album was certified platinum, unlike Mr. Smith, which was certified double platinum. The album is executively produced by Sean Puffy Combs, who actually goes by the name Diddy and all these crazy ass names, and therefore features production from his in-house roster of producers, The Hitman. Excuse me. 
Um, so the singles from the album is Phenomenon, which was released uh, September 23rd, 1997. Um, 4321, December 9th, 1997. Father, January 13th, 1998. Hot, hot, hot. March 27th, 1998. Candy, July 3rd, 1998. And we are going to go to the professional ratings. Here we go. Um, so source is all music, um, three stars, entertainment weekly, B plus Rolling Stone, four and a half stars. And here we go with the track listings, man. Um, <clears throat> we got phenomenon. We got candy start ski and hutch another dollar. Nobody can freak you. Hot, hot, hot. Four, three, two, one. Want to get paid? Father, don't be late. Don't come too soon. Um. So, chart positions. Um. <clears throat> Australian albums chart for 1997. P position 88. Canadian albums chart seven. Dutch album chart 48, German albums chart 24, New Zealand albums chart 39, Swedish albums chart 57, Swiss albums chart 48, UK albums chart 37, US Billboard 207, US Billboard Top R&B and Hip Hop albums 4. And we're going to go to the certifications right here. So, um, so Canada, Music Canada, um, certification, both of these went platinum, um, 100,000 certified units in sales, United States platinum, of course, 1 million certified units in sales. All right. Um, we're all right. We have to go to okay. All right, we're gonna go to GOAT, which stands for greatest of all time, which has been used a lot over the years, actually. So, of course, this is like the eighth album that he made. Um and it was released on September the 12th, 2000, and peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200. It was Ella Cool J's first and, to date, only album to reach number one spot, Geo Goat. Goat received generally positive reviews, of course, at Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating out of 102 reviews. From mainstream publications, the album received an average score of 73 based on 12 reviews. Okay. All right. We got singles from the album. Um, Imagine That and You and Me. So both of them were released June 27, 2000 and October 17, 2000. So professional ratings we go to, uh, we are, um, okay, Metacritic 
73 out of 100. All Music gave it three and a half stars. Okay, so the bulk of the album came out about in the year of 1999 when DJ Scratch handed Ella a CD of six instrumentals. The submission of beats took place when Scratch first met Ella in the studio as both men were working on the song um, um, whatever, a bomb, whatever, for, for Master Flex and DJ Big Cap's album, The Tunnel. Um, okay. Track listing right here. We have intro. Imagine that featuring LaShawn. I still don't know who she is. Um, back where I belong featuring Ja Rule. LL Cool J featuring Candace Love. Take it off. Skit. Um. Forget about it. Oh shit. DMX, Method Man, and Red Man. <laughs> oh shit. Farmers featuring T. T. Key Diamonds. Interesting name. This is us featuring Carl Thomas. Can't think. Hello featuring Emil, You and Me featuring Kelly Price, Homicide, You Can't Fuck With Me featuring Snoop Dogg, Zivic, and J.O. Felony. <laughs> Felony, what the hell? Oh, man. Oh, my God. Felony? Felony. Are you serious? Oh my god, man. Listen, man, I would never ever ever you will never have a last name felony in my name. That is never gonna happen in your lifetime. But I digress on that shit though. But anyways <laughs> Queens is featuring Prodigy. The GOAT <laughs> We got um, what is it? Three bomb, Funkmaster Flex and Big Cat featuring LL Cool J bonus track. Um, Missy, no, Miss I, featuring Case. Shut him down. Uh, of course. That song is featured in the Any Given Sunday um, music soundtrack, which I will go over next. Uh, okay. Australian albums, 65, peak position. Canadian albums, Billboard 5, Dutch album, um, 35. French albums, 56. German albums, 17. Swiss albums, 13. UK albums 29, US Billboard 200, and US top RBs and hip hop albums both peaked positioned at no, at one. Year and charts US Billboard 200, you got 139, US top RB slash hip hop albums, 
you got 50. Canada Music Canada Certification Gold Certified Unit Sales 50,000. United States Certification Platinum 1 million certified units in sales. Okay. All right. We are going to. We're going to go to. Um, we're going to go to. Um, wasn't even planned. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about 10. Uh, first and foremost, of course, ten is the uh, the ninth album by L. Cool J, which was released by this October fifteenth, two thousand two, by Def Jam Recordings. It peaked at number two on the U.S. Billboard two hundred. L. Cool J and Ten hit. A milestone in Def Jam in yeah history. Being the first artist ever on Def Jam to have ten albums out of his thirteen album deal under the same record label, it reached number twenty six on the UK albums chart, making it LL Cool J's highest charting album there to date. Interesting. Okay, um, Love You Better, released August 13, 2002, Paradise, January 14, 2003, Amazing, April 8, 2003. Professional Ratings, Metacritic, 60 out of 100, uh, Review Scores, All Music, Three and a half stars, Blender, three stars, Pop Matters, Unfavorable, damn. Rolling Stone, three stars, Uncut, four stars. And we go to the track listings right here. We Intro, Born to Love You, Love You Better, uh, Paradise, featuring Anne-Marie, Faha. Niggy nuts. <laughs> Amazing featuring Candace Love. You got Clock and G's Lollipop after school featuring P. Diddy. Throw your L's up. You should. 10 million stars. Mirror Mirror. Big Mama. Unconditional Love featuring Drew Hill. And of course, all I have featuring Jennifer Lopez. Ooh, okay. Yes. Uh, charts. So the chart for two thousand two. Dutch album peak position one hundred. French albums one hundred and six. German albums, 64. Swiss albums, 19. UK albums, 26. US Billboard, 202. US Top R&B and Hip Hop albums, 1. 
year-end charts, U.S. top R&B and hip-hop albums, position 75, U.S. Billboard 200, 130, U.S. top R&B, and hip hop albums, Billboard 58. Um, United Kingdom certification, silver uh, certified units and sales, 60,000. Uh, United States gold, 500,000 certified units and sales. Wow. All right. Um, we're all right. So, I want to. Um, there's some. There's some songs that I might be familiar with. Hold on. Hold on, folks. There's some songs that I might be familiar with in the next album. Let me see. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Of course, this is. Oh, the definition, which is the tenth album which was released on August 31st by Def Jam Recordings, largely produced by Timberland with several tracks produced by N.O. Joe, Teddy Riley, and Seven Aurelis. The album peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 and spawned two singles, Headsprung and Hush. It was certified gold by the RIAA for selling over 500,000 copies. Yes, so, um, Headsprung was released June 7, 2004. Uh, Hush was released uh, September 15, 2004. Critical reception, um, Source Metacritic 66 out of 100. All music four and a half stars. Entertainment Weekly B minus. The Guardian three stars. Hip Hop BX four and a half stars. Rap Reviews 7.5 out of 10. Rolling Stone three stars. The Situation three and a three out of five. Stylist Magazine C. The definition received a mild reception from music critics saying that it was better than 2002's 10 because of Timberland's production. At Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating out of 102 reviews from mainstream critics, the album received an average score of 66 based on nine reviews. Steve Flash. Um, Juan of Rap Reviews called the definition LL's true 10th album praising its change in sound from New York to Southern by Timberland balancing out the bangers and slow songs well and LL4 still keeping his lyrical content up to date concluding that this new album proves he doesn't have to give up acting to keep rapping. All Music's David Jeffrey said that the album had more energy than 10 because of Timberland's take on the sudden sound and finding a balance between braggadocious rap and lover's rap. Gavin Evers of Rolling Stone also praised the 
production for updating LL Sound along with his lyrics saying that on the 11th record of his amazingly consistent 20-year career. LL Cool J has a, as much swagging presence, swaggering presence to be exact, as ever. Nick Suff um, Hall of Stylist Magazine was mixed about the album saying that he enjoyed the love jams better than the Timberland bangers, which were merely passable, concluding that there's a distinct lack of personality, meaning that Elo Cool J's 11th long player is merely good, and his reputation and bank balance will be neither tarnished nor expanded. Ah, oh boy. Okay. So we go to the track listing right here. Um, all right. So, Hesperum, run my back. I'm about to get her, featuring R. Kelly. Move something. Hush featuring Seven Aurelis. Um, every sip. Shake it, baby. Can't explain it. Feel the beat. Apple cobbler. Yum. One in the morning. Weekly charts. Belgian albums. Peak position. 90. Dutch albums. 85. French albums. 136. German albums. 50. Swiss albums. 35. UK albums. 66. US Billboard 200. 4. U.S. Top R&B and Hip Hop Albums, Billboard 3. Year and Charts, U.S. Billboard 200, 125. U.S. Top R&B and Hip Hop Albums, 59. And, of course, United States, according to RIAA, Certification Gold Certified Units and Sales, 500,000. All right. We're going to let me see. Okay, we got two. Well, there's exit 13. Um, I would like to go over that one, which is the 12th studio album, which was released on September 9, 2008, on the record label Def Jam Recordings. This will be his last album released with the label. And of course, the singles from Exit 13 is Cry, Rocking with the Goat, Baby, Fill My Heartbeat. Uh, I'm not even going to go. I'm not even. Well, it's short. This album is the first Ella Cool J album since Goat to have the parental advisory label for explicit lyrics. Ella said in an interview with Chicago radio personality DJ Z that the vulgarities are not heavy and they and the edited version has alternate lyrics rather than simply omitting the vulgarities. Ella and DJ K Slay teamed up to release his mixtape as a prelude to Exit. 13 titled The Return of the Goat. Other contributors for this album include 50 Cent, Sheik Looch, Fat Joe, Ryan Leslie, Wyclef, um, The Dream, Lil Mo, 
Karis one from Master Flex, Richie Sambora, and Delisha Black Shear. Now to the singles. A buzz single title cry featuring Lil Mo was released as a digital download and international 12 single on June 17th. The unofficial single Rockin' with the Go premiered on June 20th, 2008. The first official single, Baby, featuring The Dream, was released on July 1st, 2008 to the iTunes Music Store. On August 19th, 2008, iTunes released the Rock remix featuring Richie Sambora lead guitarist of rock band Bon Jovi with a rock rhythm and a sped up tempo. Second official single, Feel My Heart Beat, featuring 50 Cent, was released on August 26, 2008. The song did not enter the Billboard Hot 100. The official single version of the song was leaked to the internet on November 27, 2008. Metacritic um, 57 out of 100. All music, two stars. OK Player, four and a half stars. DJ Booth, four and a half stars. Metro Mix, Jackson, four stars. Now, um, Triple N. I'm not sure what that means. Um, Rap reviews, 8.0 out of 10. The Times, three stars. USA Today, three stars. Um, so, Exit 13 garnered mixed reviews from music critics at Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating out of 102 reviews from mainstream critics. The album received an average score of 57 based on five reviews. Despite being too lengthy and containing lesser tracks like American Girl, uh, Jessel um, Padania of Rap Reviews praised the album for having a consistent sound of instruments and scent in the tracks and LL's strong lyricism, saying that, in other words, all effort, all that effort that LL finally put into Exit 13 has really paid off and he's getting the best average no the best revenge rather of all um showing Def Jam what they will be missing Steve Jones of USA Today called it Ella's most aggressive album in years praising his standard um braggadocio and Lady Swoven content for being consistently energetic because of an um, amalgam of young up-and-coming producers concluding that after 10 straight platinum albums, his last two have only gone gold. But he seemed to have gotten his swagger back. He may be hitting the exit, but he is not easing up on the gas. In the New York Times, John um, Perrielis 
felt that Ella more than holds his own with the sounds delivered by never pro newer producers that left his old school meets new school lyricism, concluding with, in quote, to his credit, Ella Cool J is too romantic to treat women as crudely as young rappers do. And while this 76-minute album flags near the end, there's still more than enough smooth tongue, quick-witted rhyming to justify his boast. All Music's Andy Kalman said that despite that um, the tracks like You Better Watch Me and This Is Ring Tone M, that show LL at his best. He criticized the record for being too try hard and sounding like the mainstream rap albums released that year, concluding that out with a whimper, not a bang. Exit 13 is an off ramp leading to a boulevard of several mismanaged White Castle knock knockoffs. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not White Castle knockoff, man. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy, man. Um, That's crazy. Um, I'll get to y'all comments in the 17 Live at the end of the show, so just stick around with that one. Um, In regards to the album reception and lack of proper marketing, the, the artist stated, the record just really, honestly, you know, didn't have that support that I wish it would have had. I can't blame anyone. It was my last record, and I guess for whatever reason, whether it was quality of, or business, you know, the company just decided that they were going to write it off and not really give it that shot. Okay. Um, It's time for war. Old school, new school, feel my heartbeat featuring 50 Cent and Precious Paris. <laughs> oh, shit. Get over here featuring Nicolette, Jizz Lyrical, and Tiki Diamonds. Baby featuring The Dream, You Better Watch Me, Cry featuring Lil Mo, Baby Rock me Remix featuring um, Richie Samboa, Rockin' with the Goat, This is Ringtone Murder. Featuring Grandmaster Cast, like a radio featuring Ryan Leslie. I fall in love featuring um Elon. You're only custom you're only a customer. Mr. President featuring Wyclef. American Girl featuring Mark um Figueroa. Speeding on the highway slash exit 13 featuring for Mustard Flex. Come and party with me featuring Fat Joe and Sheik Looch. We rolling. Dear Hip Hop featuring DJ Scratch. Of course, the iTunes bonus tracks. New York, New York, New York. Uh, Five Burrows featuring Karis One, uh, Method Man, Jim Jones, and Lil' Kim. Um, samples. Uh, Dear Hip Hop, I'm Still a Struggling Man by Edwin Starr. Half a, Half a Man by Bunny Sigler. I Cry by Ja Rule featuring Lil Mo. It's Time for War, The Ultimate by Jared Mendelssohn. Listen to My Heart, Beat, Take Me With You by Lynn Christopher. 
Heartbeat by Tana Gardner, Old School, New School, Who Shot You by Notorious B.I.G. You're Only a Customer, I've Been Pushed Aside by McFadden and Whitehead, Mary Jane, All Night Long Remix by Mary Jane Blige, featuring Ella Cool J. Uh, we Rolling, 90% of Me Is You by Gwen McRae. You better watch me, Pee Wee's Dance by Joski Love. <laughs> I'm a hustler by Cassidy. Chart positions. Okay, so for 2008, Canadian albums chart 61, Swiss albums 75, US Billboard 209, US top RB hip hop albums 3, US. Top rap albums, Billboard 2, U.S. Top R&B, hip-hop albums, 100. Okay, we are going to, um, I'm not sure if I've, I'm familiar with that, but hold on. Let me take a drink real quick. Hold on, guys. So, hold on a minute here. Here we go. So, man, I didn't even know he made 13 albums, though, man. Um, the, the last album is um, Authentic, um, which was um, released by April 30th, 2013, by S-Bro Music Group record of... 429 records. It is his first album since 2008 Exit 13 and his first to not be released on Def Jam. The album features guest appearances from Fitz and the Tantrums, Eddie Van Halen, Snoop Dogg, Fatman, Scoop Seal, Charlie Wilson, Melody Thornton, Earth, Wind and Fire, Blitzy Collins, <laughs> Travis Barker, Chuck D, Tom Morello, Z Trip, Mickey, Shiloh, Monica, and Brad Paisley. <clears throat> okay, uh, so the singles from the album What Up? We Came to Party, um, Live by You. All these singles, February 11, 2013, March 18, 2013, April 16, 2013. Um, I'm not even going to go with Well, yeah, let's go over the background. By June 2012, LL began had began work on his 13th studio album. He, started, he stated, I'm going to be doing a little bit of the album on my connect studio make sure that it is official on january 20th 2013 he announced on his twitter that on uh, his twitter account that the album had been pushed back from its original february 12th 2013 release date on february 8th 2013 it was announced the album title will be changed to authentic hip-hop to 
Authentic with a new release date on May 7th, 2013, and a new cover on February 14, 2013. The album's release date was pushed up to April 30th, 2013. On March 14, 2013, Eddie Van Halen posted a photo of himself with Ella Cool J in front of a mix board. The photo was captioned with authentic. Um, four point four point thirty point thirteen, suggesting that Eddie would be involved in some way with the album release. Um, so we I already mentioned the singles already. Uh, the yeah, of course, the first single "What Up" was. Um, debuted during the live 2013 Grammy Awards telecast, which features Tuck D, Travis Barker, Tom Morello, and Z Trip. On March 18, 2013, the second single, We Came to Party, was released featuring Snoop Dogg and Fat Man Scoop. On April 16, the third single, Live, Live for You, featuring country music singer Brad Paisley, was released. Um, Metacritic, uh, 46 out of 100, all music, three and a half stars, the Boston Globe, seven out of 10, uh, hip hop DX, three and a half stars, Los Angeles Times, one star, New York Daily News, three stars, now one star, Rolling Stone, three stars. Slant Magazine, three stars. U.S. Today, USA Today, um, excuse me, um, two stars. Um, the Washington Post, three and a half stars. Okay. Authentic received generally mixed reviews from music critics. All Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating out of 102 reviews from mainstream critics. The album received an average score of 40 Six forty-six, based on nine reviews. David Jeffries of All Music gave the album two and a half stars out of five, saying Ella Cool J's sounds rusty. Ella Cool Ella sounds rusty, and a bit under rehearsed as he belts out his iffy punchlines and motivation, motivational and anthems but he pours his heart into the pop numbers and sounds at home during the nostalgic throwbacks garrett kennedy of the los angeles times gave the album one star out of four saying ella cool J has completely lost touch with what launched him into superstar and rapping that starling disconnection is what bogs down the 13th album authentic Sheesh. Ted um, Scheinman of Slant Magazine gave the album three out of five stars, saying older listeners will find a wistful pleasure in hearing what may be the most heartfelt, heartfelt effort of LL's career. Christina um, Jaleiru 
of the Washington Post gave the album two and a half stars out of five, saying there's nothing wrong with pandering when one tries to hang on to artistic relevance, especially when producing a balanced, intriguing album. Who knows? Maybe that's the future of music. And Cool James is still a pioneer. Steve Jones of USA Today gave the album two stars out of four, saying he's he has an eclectic bunch of guests. And while he's obviously not aiming at the teen market, there seems to be a conscious effort to expand the fan base. The result is a mixed bag of party anthems and the rap ballads he pioneered years ago. Julia Lacante of now gave this the album one star out of five saying authentic is ridiculous right down to the heavy breathing interludes which worked for ushers um circa 2003. Ello says he's hot like pop when he first popped out of prison. I think he's delusional as far as comedy albums go however authentic is the last is the year's best um okay okay jay balfour of hip-hop dx gave the album two and a half stars out of five saying unfortunately authentic suffers the same fate as ello's other late career missteps too many features and a superficial brand of r&b bogged down another release from one of rap's earliest superstars jody rosen of the rolling stone gave the album three out of four no three out of five rather saying in quote on authentic ello's first lp not released by def jam the guest list is a testament to open-mindedness open-mindedness and crossover ambitions the beats are unfussy and direct the choruses are built for radio ken capo bianco of the boston globe gave the album a seven out of ten saying mental hip metal hip-hop is more compromised than authentic but much of this this sounds genuine okay in its first week of release, uh, the album debuted at number 23 on the Billboard 200 and sold 4,000 copies in the United States. In its second week, the album sold 5,500 more copies. In its third week, the album sold 3,400 more copies. In its fourth week, the album sold 2,700 more copies bringing its total to sales to 26,000 wow okay uh track listing we got bath salt we got not leaving you tonight featuring fritz and the tanner bombs with eddie van halen we got new love featuring charlie Brown. no excuse me charlie wilson to be exact um we Came to Party, featuring Snoop Dogg and Fat Man Scoop. Give Me Love, featuring Seal. Something About You, Love the World, featuring Charlie Wilson, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Melanie Thornton. Part 
Bartender Please featuring Snoop Dogg, Bootsy Collins, and Travis Barker. What Up featuring Chuck D, Travis Barker, Tom Morello, and Z Trip. Between the Sheets featuring Mickey Shiloh. Closer featuring Monica. Live For You featuring Brad Paisley. We're the Greatest featuring Eddie Van Halen and Travis Barker. Of course, the bonus tracks got Waiting on You featuring Babyface and Noel Skaggs. You got Jump on It, Take It featuring Joe, Remember Me featuring Alicia Myers. Okay, charts Swiss for 2013, Swiss albums 57, US Billboard 223. U.S. Top R&B slash Hip Hop Albums 7. U.S. Independent Albums 4. All right. Now. Now we could go to his uh, filmography. Now we could go to his filmography right here. So we're going to go over, um, okay, the, the obvious ones, actually, which is... Hold on. We're going to go over the obvious one, which is Deep Blue Sea. Um, okay. So, Deep Blue Sea is the 1999 American uh, science fiction horror film directed by Rennie Harlan. It stars uh, Saffron Burroughs, Thomas Jane, Samuel Jackson, Michael Rappaport, and Ella Cool J. Set in an isolated underwater facility the film follows a team of scientists and their research on mako sharks to help fight alzheimer's disease the situation plunges into chaos when multiple genetically engineered sharks go on a rampage and flood the facility damn wow um okay Okay, so so Deep Blue Sea had a production budget of sixty million to eighty-two million, and represented a test for Harlan, who had not made a commercially successful film since Cliffhanger in nineteen ninety-three. The film was primarily shot at Fox Baja Studios in Rosarito, Mexico where the production team constructed sets above the large water tanks that had been built for James James Cameron's film Titanic of 1997. Although Deep Blue Sea features some shots of real sharks, most of the sharks used in the film were either Adam Adam animatronic or computer generated trevor rabin composed the film score elokoji contributed two songs to the film deepest bluish sharks fin and say what hold on for one second folks um hold on Mm-hmm. 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 All right. 
released in theaters during the summer season. Deep Blue Sea grossed over $165 million worldwide. It received generally mixed reviews from critics who praise its suspense, pacing, and action sequences, but criticize its unoriginality and B-movie conventions. Retrospectively, Deep Blue Sea has been regarded as a successful shark film, excuse me, especially within a limited genre that has been dominated by Steven Spielberg's 1975 thriller Jaws. A direct-to-video sequel, Deep Blue Sea 2, was released in 2018. A third film, Deep Blue Sea 3, was released on July 28, 2020. No, I didn't see those movies, so I'm not even going to get into those. So we're going to actually... uh, We're going to do this. Okay, uh, box office. Deep Blue Sea performed well and it opened on July 30th, 1999 in 2,854 theaters, finishing third and grossing around $18.6 million at the U.S. weekend box office. During the second weekend, the film grossed an estimated $11 million and finished in fifth place behind The Sixth Sense, The Blair Witch Project, Runaway Bride, and The Thomas Crown Affair. Deep Blue Sea grossed over $73.7 million in the United States and Canada, $91.4 million internationally, grossing over $165 million worldwide. Um, the film's performance was compared to Steven Sommer's The Mummy and Jandy Bunt's The Haunting, which had a similar budget and made a significant amount, no, excuse me, impact on the box office in the summer of 1999. Okay, we're going to go to the critical response. People see received mixed reviews from critics. Review aggregated Rotten Tomatoes give the film a rotten um, 59% rating based on 112 reviews. Um, the critics consensus reads deep blue sea is no jaws, but action fans seeking some toothy action can certainly do and almost certainly have done far worse for B-movie thrills. On Metacritic, the film has a score of 54 out of 100 based on reviews from 22 critics indicating mixed or average reviews. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of B and an A plus to F scale. Writing for Chicago Sun-Times, Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars and praised it as a skillful thriller, saying that Deep Blue Sea is essentially one well-done action sequence after another. It doesn't linger on special effects, 
some of the sharks look like cartoons, but it knows how to use timing, suspense, quick movement, and especially surprise. He concluded that the film keeps spectators guessing in an otherwise predictable genre. Um, okay. Um, in a positive review, Kenneth um, Turan of Los Angeles Times considered Deep Blue Sea uh, return to form of Harlan, especially after the dismal swamps of Cutthroat Island and Long Kiss Goodnight. He described the film as an example of how expert action filmmaking and up to the middle visual effects can transcend a workman like script and bring excitement to conventional genre material similarly that's in how of washington post remarked that while the film's premise feels film um familiar it knows its audience and knows what get them going and even wondering. Yeah. Um, he said that Deep Blue Sea might not be Harlan's finest two hours, but he managed to build something that, if nothing else, gives you a great big shot every few minutes. In a three and a half out of stars review, Robert Lasowski of Florida Times Union highly praised the film's pacing, intense action, and chase scenes, stating that Deep Blue Sea is a great popcorn movie and what a summer at the Cineplex is all about. Um... Other reviews were less enthusiastic. Writing for the New York Times, Stephen Holden described Deep Blue Sea as a cut-rate uh, titanic strip of romance and historical res resonance and fused with Jaws, Sean, and mythic symbolism and without complex characters. While Barber's um, showgasser <laughs> of Chicago um Tribune criticized it for being an inferior in intimidation of Jurassic Park, which is a different movie, folks. But praised LL Cool J's performance and the film's realistic setting. Ian Nathan of the British magazine Empire gave the film three out of five stars and criticized its B movie conventions, stating that you are never entirely sure whether you are laughing at or with Deep Blue Sea. Variety reviewer uh, Robert um, Kuehler felt that the film computer generated sharks were inconsistently realized, but nevertheless highlighted the flooding of the facility very positively. The dialogue between action scenes was also praised, especially other Kuehler's blend of Bible talk, smack, and wit. Despite his few lines, Jane was seen as a charismatic character and a genuine new action star. Um, 
So we got home media. So of course, Deep Blue Sea was first released on DVD on December 7, 1999, courtesy of Warner Home Video. Special features include the film in a um 2.35.1 anamorphic format, two behind the scene featurettes, deleted scenes with extended dialogue and relationships between the characters, and an article commentary in which Harlan and Jackson discussed the film's technical features and special effects. Warner also released the film on Blu-ray on October 12, 2010, which includes the same features from the DVD release. Um, all right. Um, the next movie I want to review is... Um, yeah, we're going to go with, um, <clears throat> hold on a minute here. Yeah, we're going to go with, uh, hold on a sec. Yeah, let's go to Any Given Sunday. Actually, I saw this movie years ago, actually, but, um, we'll go over it. So, Any Given Sunday is a 1999 American sports drama film directed by Oliver Stone, depicting a fictional professional American football team. The film features an assembled cast, including Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, Jamie Foxx, James Woods. I didn't even know Jamie Foxx was in this film when I saw it, actually. Yeah, Ella Cool J and Margaret Lauren Holly, Matthew... Modine, John C. McGinley, Carlton Heston, Bill Bellamy, Leela um, Rashawn, Aaron Eichhart, Elizabeth Berkeley, Marty Wright, and NFL players Jim Brown and Lawrence Taylor. It is partly based on the 1984 novel on any given Sunday by NFL defensive and Pat Toomey. The title is derived from a line in the book, also used in the film, that a team can win or lose on any given Sunday, said by the fictitious coach Tony D'Amato. Oh boy, that's that's crazy. Um, we're gonna go with okay. Cameo roles also featured many former American football players, including <laughs> Dick Butkus. <laughs> oh shit, this is so fucking laughable with these names. <laughs> okay, um, why a um, Tittle, Pat Tume, Warren Moon, <laughs> Johnny Unitas, <laughs> Ricky Waters, <laughs> Amy Smith, and Terrell Owens, as well as Coach Barry Switzer. And we go to this soundtrack right here. 
Yes, of course, the soundtrack contained hip-hop, rock, and R&B music was released on January 4, 2000 by Atlantic Records. It peaked at number 28 on the Billboard 200 and number 11 on the top R&B and hip-hop albums. Oliver Stone wanted to use the music of the Canadian band Godspeed You, Black Emperor, and actually filmed a scene using their music when he later asked for permission, the band said no, and Stone was forced to redo the scene without the music. Film composer Richard Horowitz, who supplied the original score, published his complete music for the film on a promotional CD. Okay. So, the box office. Any given Sunday was a financial success made on a budget of 55 million it went on to earn 100.2 million dollars reception time out new york's andrew johnson wrote it's often been said of films about sports that smaller balls equal better movies <laughs> Any given Sunday explodes that theory, and not just because of the incredible intensity of its gridiron action, Oliver Stone's best movie in many years, and one of his finest ever looks at the world of professional football from almost every conceivable angle, but it never tries to be the def definitive statement on the subject. Surprisingly balanced film that merges Stone's um, hyperkinetic style with a character-centric narrative approach reminiscent of John um, Saley's and Robert Altman at their best. Sunday proves that powerful human drama and MTV visual um, pyrotechnics actually can coexist after all. Um, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times also gave the film a mostly positive review, awarding it three out of four stars, but criticized its length. I guess I recommend the movie because the dramatic scenes are worth it. Pacino has some nice heart-to-hearts with Quaid and Fox, and the psychology of the veteran coach is well captured in the screenplay by Stone and John Logan. But if um, if studio executives came along and made some okay, Stone cut his movie down to two hours, I have the strangest feeling it wouldn't um, lose much of substance and might even play better. Hold on a second as I take a drink. All right, hold on folks. Um I'm I'm back. All right, um okay. So, um, yeah, I did read that part. 
Okay, but if some student, if yeah, I did read that part already. Wait, hold on. But if some studio executive came along and made Stone cut his movie down to two hours, I have the strangest feeling it wouldn't lose much of substance and might even play better. Conversely, Richard Schnickel of Time criticized the story as being standard and stated almost three hours of this jitter deteriorates from bravura filmmaking filmmaking excuse me to annoying mannerisms and any given Sunday ends up less than the sum of its many often interesting parts Rick Groen of the Globe and Mail wrote that the story was um, chock a block with many mainly blather about sacrificing honor and rugged individuals pulling together for the greater glory of the team and elaborating on many critics shared observations that the movie was hyperkinetic really really hyperkinetic <laughs> jack matthews excuse me of the New York Daily News states that the sensation we get from the blizzard of images and teeth jarring sound effects is of having our head used as the football. Okay. The film received an aggregated score of 52% from 122 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. The site's consensus states, sometimes entertaining, but overall, Any Given Sunday is a disappointment coming from Alva Stone on Metacritic. Any Given Sunday has an aggregated score of 52% on reviews from 33 critics, indicating mixed or average reviews. Okay. Audience polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of B on an A plus to F scale. Okay. Director's cut um, when released to home video on VHS and DVD, a new director's cut by Oliver Stone was used due to the packaging listing six minutes of previous unseen footage and a running time of 156. Many assumed that the theatrical cut was 150 minutes and that Stone had added six minutes of footage. And actually, the theatrical cut ran one. 162 minutes 12 minutes were deleted for the director's cut and six minutes of footage were added stone said um these changes were made to help with the film's pacing the differences between the two versions were discussed on imdb's entry for the film okay um Okay, um, let's see what's the next one I want to do. Uh, boy, I didn't even know. Can wait a minute here. 
Nah, let's go to let's go to um let's go to the next one right here, rollerball. And then we and then from rollerball we'll go to mine hunters. Actually, actually, hold on. Let's go to mine hunt. Let's go to mine hunters. Um, let me see how much time I have. Hold on, folks. Okay. Okay, I think I'm winning this off, though. So, Mine Hunters, right? So, Mine Hunters is a 2004 American British crime thriller slash a film directed by Rennie Holland and starring Catherine. Morris, Ella Cool J, Johnny Lee Miller, Patricia Velasquez, Clifton Collins Jr., Christian Slater, and Val Kemmer. It was written by Wayne Kramer and Kevin Broden, with an uncredited rewrite by Erin Kruger. Not to be confused with Freddy Krueger, folks. <laughs> oh, man. Usually, the last country to receive this film was the United States in 2005 because of the film's distribution rights being changed from 20th Century Fox to Dimension Films. Um, so, okay, um, we're, okay, we're gonna go to the, uh, box office, right? So... You guys are more welcome to read the synopsis for yourself. I'm not going to go into that as well due to time constraints of video music box. So, okay. The film was a box office letdown, making only $4,476,235. Domestically against a production of... A production budget of $27 million. Damn. Reception. Mindhunters received generally negative reviews, and it currently holds a 24% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus states a, re a retread of 10 little endings that lacks the source material as wit on Metacritic, which uses uses an average of the critics reviews the film scored 33 out of 100 indicating generally unfavorable reviews roger ebert of the chicago sun times gave my hunters two and a half stars his comments were i will leave you with only one clue um in house of wax which opened last week the movie theater is playing whatever happened to baby jane in this movie, the theater marquee advertises the third man. No, the male characters are not numbered in order, so you can't figure it out that way. Nor is the killer necessarily a woman, so think real hard. What else do you do know about the third man? If you have never seen the third man, I urge you to rent it immediately as the a preparation or a substitute for mine hunters. Sheesh. Damn. Um <clears throat> and 
also, let's see if there's any, any, oh, right. Lip sync battle, I'll, I'll get to that next. So we are going to go to Rollerball. Okay. Um. All right. So Rollerball is a 2002 remake of the 1975 science film, science fiction film of the same name. It stars Chris Klein, Gene Reno, Ella Kuje, Rebecca Romaine, and Naveen Andrews. It was directed by John McTiernan and has a much greater focus on action with more muted social and political overtones than the original. Unlike the previous film, it takes place in the present rather than in the future. Um, dystopian. Dystopian society. Um... Rollerball was released on February 8th, 2002. Upon its release, the film was critically panned, receiving criticism for the lack of the social critique that was in the original film. It was a box office bomb. It grossed $25 million against the production of $70 million. Damn. Um, so, the reception... Um, Rollerball was panned by critics on Rotten Tomatoes. The film has an improver rating of 3% on 117 reviews with an average rating of 2.55 out of 10. The site's consensus reads, in quote, Removing the social critique of the original, this updated version of Rollerball is violent, confusing, and choppy. Klein makes for a bland hero. <sighs> On a bland... No, excuse me. Um, Klein's makes a bland hero. On Metacritic, the film has a score of 14 out of 100 based on reviews from 28 critics indicating overwhelming dislike. Audiences surveyed by CinemaScore gave the film a grade B- on a A to F. Time Out's Trevor Johnson described it as a checklist shaped by a 15-year-old um, mall rat. <laughs> Thrashing metal tracks, skateboards, motorbikes, motor crackheads, and Rebecca Romaine with her top off. Chicago Sun-Times reviewer Roger E. recalled it an incoherent mess, a jumble of footage in search of plot, meaning rhythm, and sense. The film's lead, Chris Klein, was also a subject of criticism and ridicule, being referred to as a bland hero. The film was a box office flop, earning a worldwide total of $25.9 million compared to a production budget of $70 million. In 2014, the Los Angeles Times listed the film as one of the most expensive box office flops of all time. Rebecca Romaine was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award as Worst Spotting Actress, God damn, where she lost to Madonna for a cameo in Die Another Day. At the 20 
2002 Strike is Bad Movie Awards. The, the film won the awards for worst director, uh, McTiernan, worst remake, and worst female fake accent, Rebecca Romaine. Romaine Stamos was also nominated for worst actress, but lost to Madonna for Swept Away. Creator of Rollerball, um, science fiction author William Harrison said, I've never watched the 2002 incarnation of Rollerball and have no interest in it. Oh, boy. All right, so there was a controversy about it. God damn. In 2013, director John McTiernan was sent to federal prison for making a false statement on the FBI investigator in February 2006 about his hiring the private investigator Anthony Pelicano to illegally wiretap Charles Wolverine, the producer of the film, around August 2000. McTiernan, who was released in 2014, had been uh, in a disagreement with Rovin about what type of film Rollerball should be and had hired Pelicano to investigate Rovin's intentions and actions. And, of course, there's the soundtrack to it. Um, Boom, P.O.D., Told You So, Drowning Pool, Ride, Beautiful Creatures. <laughs> Drowning Pool... <laughs> Dragon Pool is crazy, man. It's a crazy band name that I ever heard in my life, though. Oh, man. Oh, man. And Millionaire by Rapper Gorilla. I am I am hated. Slipknot. Body Go Hard Knocks. Feel So Numb, Rob Zombie. <laughs> Keep away God Smack and staying in the membrane send dog, which is also by Cypress Hills. Um and Flashpoint, Fear Factory, when I come around, Green Day, Crawling in the Dark, Hoover Stank. <laughs> Time to play, Pilar, never gonna stop. The red, red, groovy Rob Zombie. Alright, our last um thing that I want to review is um last thing I want to review is the uh TV show that he that he's on has to do with hold on a second if I could find it he was in no wait hold on a second Um, he was in a TV show. I forget which one, but he was in, um, I forget. Wow. Lip Sync Battle. I was actually trying to look for that, but here it is. Okay. Lip Sync Battle is an American musical reality competition television series that premiered on April 2nd, 2015 on the American Cable Network Spike, later known as Paramount Network. The show is based on an idea by Stephen Merchant and John Krasinski in which celebrates battle each other, no, celebrities, excuse me, battle each other 
with lip sync performances. The, the idea was introduced as a re recurring segment on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon and later tonight show starring Jimmy Fallon before being developed into a separate show. Okay, uh, right. Um, so the premiere episode was the highest rated premiere in Spike's history. Lip Sync Battle has been a hit show for the network. The series' success has led to the creation of various international adaptations. In August 2018, the show was renewed for a fifth season which premiered on January 17th, 2019, or September 20, no, September 22nd, rather, um, 2020, it was announced that the series will be moved to another Viacom CBS network as part of the Paramount Network's upcoming shift to films. Listening Battle debuted, debuted on Spike on April 2nd, 2015. It is produced by John Krasinski and Steven Merchant and hosted by rapper and actor Ella Cool J. Model Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen serves as color commentator. The show is a spinoff of a bit first introduced of Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, Merchant, Krasinski, and Emily Blunt. <laughs> um, we're brainstorming ideas for Krasinski's upcoming appearance on Late Night and when the idea took shape. Jimmy Fallon then developed it into a recurring segment on his show. The game um, pits two celebrities against each other in a lip-syncing battle for two rounds. The audience votes for the winner who receives a lip-sync battle belt re reminiscent of the WCW Television Championship title belt. Um, in 2014, Merchant Krasinski and Fallon pitched the, the the show to NBC, who who passed on it. NBC Cable Channel's USA Network and Bravo also passed. The competition series was eventually picked up by Spike, which was then rebranding part of what I wanted to do with Lip Sync Battle is increase co-viewing, but also add diversity to the network, said Network President Kevin K. Lipsing Battle has been a major success for Spike. Its, its series premiere drew 2.2 million viewers, the channel's highest rated non-scripted premiere. K described the show as a television and viral rock star for Spike. The show was renewed for a second season of 20 episodes on April 22, 2015. In January 2016, the network renewed the series for a third season consisting of another 20 episodes. The Sync Battle is a multi-platform pop culture phenomenon that has played an integral role in delivering an, um, delivering a new and broader audience to Spike K said. In July 2016, the show received a Primetime Emmy Award nomination in the Outstanding Structured Reality Program category. In 2017, it was announced that the show would air a live world special, Lip Sync Battle Live, a Michael Jackson celebration on January 18, um, 2018, to coincide with the relaunch of Spike as Paramount Network 
Neil Patrick Harris, Taraji P. Henson, and Haley Steinfeld were announced as the first set of performers for the Michael Jackson theme special, which originated from the Dolby Theater and in included a presentation from Cirque du Soleil's Las Vegas res residency, Michael Jackson won. Uh, on August 22nd, 2018, the show was renewed for a fifth season consisting of 12 episodes that premiered on January 17, 2019. Wow. Okay. So, critical response is Joseph um, Adeline in Vulture said that Lipsing Battle is looking like a legitimate hit, both on TV and online. He also added that the show's creator opted not to impose artificial democratic targets. They also went out of their way not to futz up the very simple premise that worked so well on Fallon's late night shows. Amy um, of the Hollywood Reporter said that the debut of the show had moments of great fun, although she added that the series still seems like it is better suited as an interlude on this night show and that some things are never, no, excuse me, some things are better in small doses. Um, Adele Platten of Vibe wrote that the show is a welcome back from other singing shows crowding primetime, also adding that with the in-house crowd serving as judges, the spirit of competition between both parties make it fun, fun for all. Emily Yar from the Washington Post was more negative towards the show by saying that take it out all the spontaneity and replacing it with the cheesy slick production values of an American Idol group medley, this thing battle will probably wear out its welcome soon. Well, um, I'm not going to have, well, of course, there was a spinoff. There was a spinoff of a one-hour hosted by Sarah Highland aired on Nickelodeon on December 11, 2016, followed by a repeat airing on Spike on December 14th. In March 2017, a series ordered was announced for the kids-centric spinoff. In August 2017, it was announced that Nick Cannon will be replacing Sarah Highland as the host and that Jodo Siwa will be joining him as his sidekick on Lip Sync Battle Shorties, which premiered in early 2018. Okay. And there you, there you have it, folks. Another great episode of 19. If you like what you heard in today's show, be sure to show some love by making a charitable donation of whatever amount you could afford. Doesn't matter about breaking the bank. It's all about what you can do as far as um, doing your best. 
Um, the cash app is dollar sign G Money Stacks 555. Um, that's dollar sign capital G M O N E Y at capital S lowercase T A C K Z 555. And now, hang on a minute before I even go to the streaming platforms. Um, I would like to actually say you can follow the you can follow Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast on Instagram alongside with my my um other show, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, the sports edition show. Um you can also follow um my primary show off the meat rack chains new york podcast reaching a one-year anniversary coming up and you can also follow me on the gram which is g money stacks 555 in queens new york i know i know it's a it's a long username but you know there's a story behind it i don't think i'm gonna have time to actually listen to um discuss that since it's getting kind of late, but um, I'm gonna cut to the chase with where you can listen to the episodes on streaming platforms. Just give me one second while I take a little drink. Okay. Now, now we get to the streaming choices of where you can listen to the episodes of the show. <clears throat> so, Matigas Vajus podcast episodes is on Anchor, um, Audacity, Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker. Excuse me. Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Podchaser, Podfriend. Don't forget to leave a five star rating on Podchaser and Podfriend, even though you don't have um anything to say or whatever. But um, it would it would really mean the world to me if there was a five star rating of this show right here. Um, there's also, um, Pocket Cast, um, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Reason FM, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, um, there's, there's Google Podcast, don't forget to listen to Meticulous Vodgers Podcast on iHeartRadio, and of course, last but not least, YouTube. Now, before I even go to what you have to do on the YouTube, I want you guys to also follow me on 17 Live, which is G Money Stacks, Queens, New York. That's G Money Stacks, Queens, New York. Um, now, now, I want you guys to actually go grab the subscribe button for the Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast YouTube channel page. The same way you are going to do with the primary page of, of um, G Money Stacks 555, where you have where 
all the episodes of Off the Meat Rack Change New York podcast episodes is being uploaded. And also the same for Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, the sports edition show on YouTube as well. So um so grab the subscribe button. Enable alerts along with the notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream. And also, also be sure to stay tuned for upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes with the topics and reviews. Share the videos. Um, don't forget to download your favorite episodes, which helps a lot. And I did check on Anchor that we have over 55 plays. So that's actually that's actually lit. So th- here's a round of applause for over 55 plays on Anchor, man. Make sure you go tell a friend to another friend, spread the word, and also be sure to share the podcast along with all your streaming platforms that was actually discussed with your friends. All right. Now, like I always say at the end of each show, Make sure you reach out to your loved ones along with uh, along with um your husbands, your your wives, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your friends, all these other people. Um, because you know, mental health matters. At the end of the day, that those individuals might be fine on the outside, but on the inside, they're going through something, whether it's traumatic, whether it's um something nightmarish, um whatever it is though, if you reach out to if you reach out to them, of course, um it just shows character and to say that you care a lot, which is what I've been trying to do for the past couple of days and stuff, and it's actually been working. I mean, there's some people who are, you know, fucking garbage burgers who don't really, who don't really give a damn and shit. So I'm not even going to dive into that shit right now. So, um, basically, um, there is no time frame on when to reach out to somebody, right? You can't put a time, you can't put a time frame on when to reach out to somebody, it's all about following your instincts, your heart, your gut, and and your um and your heart and your mind too. And also, um, if you have a dream of becoming a podcaster or create, or you you would like to create a podcast show like I'm doing right now with three shows on me right now. Listen, all you need to do is 
not only not only you check out anchor.fm so you can get yourself started um you want to make sure you have um some headphones you want to make sure you have like a, a computer or a laptop of course um you could you you could have a microphone like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be too expensive or whatever but whatever works for you um kind of helps so look you um when it comes to creating a podcast show you want to you want to also make sure you come up with a unique name of the show so it kind of represents you not because you want to please everybody like your your haters your of course the haters are considered garbage burgers and stuff like that so i can't really stress this enough so we're going to be able hold on a second guys let me let me hold on Hold on a minute here. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. I had to get my um charger out. Um, as I was saying before, um, if you would like to create a podcast and do um what you and um make it your best show you ever had make sure you actually um you come up with a name that's unique that represents you and of course i don't know why this is popping up man i'm sorry about that um i don't know why this shit is popping up though man but let me just do this um i'm sorry um anyway so you don't have to have anything expensive and you don't necessarily need fancy 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 fucking studio um to actually be all fancy and um professional and stuff like that because you don't want to what i would invest in everything that you need and for the most part don't let anybody stop you from achieving your goals and dreams and for you to actually start a podcast show and depending on what um storyline you're trying to do i would say this that podcasting is not about pleasing the listeners and the audiences, whatsoever. It's about what you think about the topics with your thoughts, talks, opinions, and facts. Think of podcasting as, you know, therapy meets journaling and vlogging. All right? That's basically that's that's it kind of intertwines together as therapy. So um 
And listen, you, the reason why I say don't let anybody stop you is because you don't want any any negative company or negative um, energy to affect your mood, your your, your, your your good moods, and you know the jizz, man. And like I always say, man, success, let success speak for itself. Because when you have success and love of what you do, of course, you're going to eat those hater fucking online flizzies for lunch, Homer Simpson style. Like this. And listen, um, my fault for the unexpected um sounds. It was basically pertaining about my um, battery life on my laptop, so I had to take out my charger real quick. So I do apologize for that one. Um, and yeah, so. Listen, thank you very much for listening to me on the show of Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast. And of course, be sure to be sure to follow the shows and stuff on Instagram along with myself. And and of course, this has been a fun episode 19 of the show. And I would like to say thank you very much to every listener out there that had a chance to listen, especially in the United States, especially in, the, in parts of the regional areas of the five boroughs. Um, and of course, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for watching, tuning in rock with me and of course be careful out there be sure you stay safe be sure to not let any let make sure to not let any conspiracy fucking theorists try to tell you certain things that's not even true and it's fabricated stories and stuff like that though um and also be sure to tune in next time on the episode, the next episode of Meticulous Five Juice Podcast. And I hope you have your water, your Gatorade, because you're going to need some electrolytes, because that's very important to gather your strength and, of course, energy, because you want to treat your body like a car battery and you want to make sure you get a chance to recharge which is part of self-care and self-care is also part of mental health folks so there you have it this is g money stacks clocking out i hope you guys enjoyed the episode i hope you guys stay safe Peace and one love. And also, 
Have a good night. Wrong one. Sorry about that. That's the wrong one. Um, yeah. Check this out, folks. If you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple of things. I need you to go follow the show's page on Instagram, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, alongside with Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast. And you can follow me also on my primary handle on the gram, which is GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York, for more postings of each episode with the topics. Also, go to youtube and grab the subscribe button enable alerts of the notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air live via live stream more video content like comment on the episodes with the topics upcoming episodes previous episodes that will automatically be posted to the youtube channel page share the videos spread the word 
Be sure to download your favorite episodes. Tell a friend to tell another friend. Share the podcast with audio streaming platforms with your friends. And also tell us what you think about the episodes and the topics and and what you thought about the um, topics as well. And what topics you think we should talk about next to review. Um, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening to the show. Peace and one love.